Now, Executive Suites with WPRI.com reporter Ted Nisi. Welcome to Executive Suite. I'm Ted Nisi. This week, we're taking the show on the road, heading up to Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston for a conversation with its president, Dr. Elizabeth Nabel. Nabel is the partner's healthcare executive who would take charge of Care New England, Rhode Island's second biggest hospital group, if state regulators sign off on the deal. I sat down with Nabel to discuss her plans for women and infants, Kent and Butler, if partners takes over. Thank you first, Dr. Nabel, for sitting down with me. My pleasure, Ted. First of all, the main question everyone in Rhode Island has is, why does Brigham Health want Care New England? Why is it an appealing acquisition for your organization? Yeah. Well, it's a great question, Ted, and, and I, I think it's the right question for Rhode Islanders to be asking. We have four goals that we want to achieve with Care New England, actually five. The, the first goal is that we want to ensure affordable, world-class health care in Rhode Island. Very important to us to keep care local. Much of what we're doing here in Massachusetts is to keep care local in the community. We have a care facility, Brigham Women's Faulkner Hospital, community hospital. We have Brigham Women's Faulkner uh, Hospital, and then uh, we also have our Foxborough uh, entity as well and many primary care practices uh, in the community. So keeping care is local is very important, and that's what we want to do in Rhode Island. Keep care local, affordable. Second, we want to ensure the highest quality care for patients and their families. Um, when you think about what's our care model here at the Brigham, it's to deliver exceptional care to everyone who crosses our door. Uh, everyone who we touch in the community. And we want to ensure that we have that same level, high quality care in Rhode Island uh, as well. Third, uh, we want to pay attention to the Rhode Island economy. We want to pay attention to jobs. You know, we'll be looking at clinical care opportunities uh, in Rhode Island, whether it be for physicians or nurses or other care uh, providers, while also paying attention uh, to administrative uh, uh, jobs as well and, and potentially ways to consolidate uh, there. Fourth, we do want to keep care affordable. Uh, we know that uh, there are rate caps in Rhode Island and uh, currently Care New England is operating under those. We intend, fully intend to do the same. Uh, we also know that the governor has recently signed an executive order to keep insurance premiums below 3.2%, which we are currently operating under, Care New England is operating under, and we intend uh, to operate under that uh, as well. And then fifth, we really want to work with Brown and Care New England to develop strong academic medicine uh, in Rhode Island. And that's really been part of our conversation with President Chris Paxson uh, and Dean uh, Jack Elias. How can we really build and grow academic medicine with Brown in Rhode Island? So those are really our, our five goals. It's interesting, Ted, to think a little bit about the history of our relationship uh, with Care New England. So as you probably know, we've had a clinical affiliation with Care New England for over 10 years. What's a clinical affiliation? It's a clinical partnership where we've come together to work on 
common clinical programs uh, together. We sit down at the table and essentially Care New England has said, gee Brigham, we'd really like your help in certain areas. Can you help us build certain programs in Rhode Island? And that's really what we've done over the past uh, 10 years. For the average Rhode Islander uh, watching today, uh, they, they'll be thinking about their health care. Maybe they have a loved one who's, who's going to women infants. Maybe they have uh, somebody going to Kent for a procedure. Maybe they're doing it themselves. Um, how concretely will care be affected? Or do you think it will be just a different logo on the door and it'll be uh, seamless, I guess, for folks who are, who are receiving yeah. care at these yeah. facilities? Care will be seamless with the care they're, they're currently receiving. Nothing is going to change in terms of their doctor, their care provider. It will be the same. Um, and uh, in fact, it's incredibly important to us that the doctors who care for individuals in Rhode Island work and live in Rhode Island. So that the primary care doctor, the obstetrician, um, that, uh, will be Rhode Islanders. That's what we mean about keeping care care local. Because you know, you've heard it, the concern that, well, these very powerful and elite Boston hospitals will take over ours and sort of care will be kind of sucked up to Boston is a concern down there. Uh, sounds like you're going out of your way to say that's not the intention here. That's absolutely not the intent. Uh, and a as an example, we can cite our clinical partnership uh, with Care New England and particularly Kent Hospital. So as an example, during our clinical partnership, Kent said, gee, Brigham, can you help us build a cardiology program at Kent Hospital? And so that's what we've done. The cardiologists who practice at Kent Hospital um, have a Brigham logo on their white coat, but are um, affiliated with Brown uh, and live and practice in Rhode Island and deliver all of their care at Kent. So if you have a heart attack in Warwick, you can go to Kent Hospital, give, get care in the cardiac cath lab by doctors who live and work in Rhode Island. It's no secret, Care New England's been cash strapped for a number of years now. That's part of why multiple years ago now they went looking for a partner. Um, they've gone through multiple iterations. Now this uh, is getting serious uh, as you get to the regulatory stage with this deal. What do you, where do you see the, need, the most need for investment in Care New England? And where do you see the biggest opportunities if they have a stronger parent organization like they would if, if you do take over? Yeah, yeah. So re remember, uh, Ted, that Care New England came to us, Brigham Partners, and said, would you engage uh, with us? And we said, sure, we, we, we think we can help you. Uh, and so as part of that engagement, uh, as, as we've thought about this, um, we have worked uh, with Care New England to help them begin to do a financial turnaround and strengthen uh, their system. And they've, they've made great progress, uh, but there's still work to do and there's still um, financial uh, instability. Uh, there are areas where we can work uh, together to help them with an electronic health record, uh, to help them grow primary care, to help them build uh, ambulatory care centers uh, in Rhode Island, and help really help them recruit, uh, continue to recruit the, the best doctors uh, for Rhode Island. We have to take a break. When we come back, more of my conversation with Brigham Health President Elizabeth Nabel about the future of Care New England. Stick with us on Executive Suite.
Welcome back to Executive Suite. I'm Ted Nisi. Now, more of my interview with Brigham and Women's Hospital President Elizabeth Nabel, the executive at Partners Healthcare, who is leading that company's effort to take over Care New England, the owner of Women and Infants, Kent and Butler. You're up here in Boston, of course, uh, and you have a lot on your plate uh, to begin with. Who will be running Care New England day to day if this transaction does receive final approval and Brigham Health uh, takes over? How do you see that that operating? Yes. Well, Care New England will be part of the Brigham Health family. Um, we, um, we don't just live here in Boston. Our leadership team really lives and spends time at all of our care facility whether it be in Massachusetts or now in, in Rhode Island. So you will see many Brigham faces uh, in, in Rhode Island. Um, but in addition, uh, we will have dedicated care teams uh, for Care New England just as there are now. So uh, there will be dedicated care teams at Kent, and Women and Infants, uh, and Butler. Uh, as, as well as uh, the, the other ambulatory facilities. Will there be um, a Care New England, right now we have a CEO of Care New England as well as the presidents of the individual hospitals. Do you see that structure remaining or would there sort of that middle layer come out and it would be direct from, I guess, yeah, how do you see the sort of Care New England layer yeah. once there's a yeah. further parent yeah. company above that? Yeah. So re remember, Ted, while we're in this review process, we're only engaging in planning. And so, so we're just... I'll try and get ahead of yourself then. That's right. Can't get ahead of myself here. We're just engaging in the planning right now. So let's wait and see how the regulatory process goes. Um, hopefully we will get approval. And, and when that happens, then we can engage in more concrete planning about what comes next. Fair enough. Um, as you know, Care New England is the second biggest private employer in all of Rhode Island. The only bigger one is Lifespan. There are more than 6,000 employees last time I checked at Care yeah. New England. Do you think Brigham will have to cut jobs if yeah. you take control of Care yeah, New England? Yeah. So Rhode Island is like many states around the country where health care is really the largest employer in many states. It certainly is the case here in Massachusetts. Our goal is to ensure a very stable economy for Rhode Islanders. We will be looking at clinical care uh, positions, uh, as I said earlier, physicians, nurses, other care uh, providers, ways that we can strengthen the Rhode Island economy. Do you think uh, you'll have to look for economies of scale when this happens? You know, you have, I'm sure, administrative uh, workers mm -hmm. here in Massachusetts, mm -hmm. uh, here at, at headquarters. Mm -hmm. um, do you think some of those jobs will no longer be needed in Rhode Island if, mm -hmm. you're if you take over Care mm -hmm. New England? It's a good question, Ted. Um, you know, with, with any partnership that comes together, you always look for scale and efficiencies. Um, and it, it could be that administrative positions are in Rhode Island as opposed to Massachusetts. Um, you know, you don't always have to assume that the administrative positions are in Rhode Island. They may be in Rhode, or in Massachusetts. They could be in Rhode Island serving Massachusetts. Fair point. Yeah, I hadn't <laughs> thought of it going that way. Fair point. Um, you've talked about Brown University here. Mm -hmm. As you know, about a year ago, I sat down with President Paxson, mm -hmm. and she was concerned about uh, where the conversations were at the mm -hmm. time, um, partly because academic medicine is so important to Brown. Mm -hmm. She wasn't sure where things would stand. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, Partners is very closely affiliated with Harvard. And uh, there are some rivalries in the mm -hmm. Ivy League, I've heard. And mm -hmm. so I think mm -hmm. they wonder about who's going to be situated where. You've had mm -hmm. a lot of conversations with 
Brown since. Mm. You know, how will you be able to prioritize the relationship with Brown when uh, Brigham and Women's here has such a close relationship with Harvard as well? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we're very excited about our growing relationship with Brown. Uh, and I feel very fortunate to have developed a, a, a very strong uh, working relationship with both uh, President Paxson and uh, Dean Elias. Um, I've had the pleasure of knowing Dean Elias for many years. Uh, he's a lung doctor, I'm a heart doctor. We have worked in, in similar areas around uh, research. Uh, and uh, uh, so there's that close camaraderie uh, already. Um, uh, both President Paxson and I reached out to one another. We started talking about the opportunities to build academic medicine and make it stronger uh, in Rhode Island. And so we're, we're very, very excited about that. Uh, yes, um, uh, Brigham Women's Hospital is a major teaching hospital for Harvard Medical School. Uh, and many of our faculty here have Harvard Medical School appointments. But we've also spoken about how our faculty who are in Rhode Island will all have Brown appointments. Live, work in Rhode Island, have Brown appointments, will teach Brown medical students. So I think what you can say is for medical students who are at Brown and in Rhode Island, we will, we will uh, work with President Paxson, Dean Elias, with Brown the same way in Massachusetts, we work with Harvard. As partners in Brigham get larger, as your footprints expand, I know on the Mass General side they now have New Hampshire Hospital, you're now looking to acquire mm -hmm. uh, some Rhode Island hospitals. Do you expect you'll have uh, specialties in different geographic places? Because we do, as a Massachusetts native, I think of, you know, you want the best care, you always go to Boston. People always say, go up yeah, to Boston. Yeah. Um, could you see where, you know, if you want, I don't know, maybe it's infant care or something, we yes. send you to Providence because of women yes. and infants. Is yes. that how you see it develop? Yes. Yeah, that's a really good question with, with a lot of foresight. I, I think one of the directions in which medicine is moving is really developing centers of excellence in, in certain areas, in certain geographic locations. We know women and infants is an extraordinary a mothers and babies hospital. Um, the neonatal intensive care unit is one of the largest uh, in, the, in the region. And so we really look forward to strengthening uh, the care that can be provided at women in, in infants, the academic care that's uh, that's provided, the research, the education, the care that's provided to the newborn babies. Um, so yes, that's a great example of, of one where you could see a, a regional center of excellence in, in women's health, baby's health, uh, being in Providence. We have to take another break. When we come back, I asked Brigham Health's president about partners' relationship with Lifespan. Stick with us on Executive Suite. Welcome back to Executive Suite. I'm Ted Nisi. Now we continue our conversation with Brigham and Women's Hospital President Elizabeth Nabel, who is leading the effort by Partners Healthcare to acquire women and infants Kent and Butler hospitals. For a little while here, lifespan was added to the conversation. I know those conversations have stopped for now. Were you contemplating the possibility of a three-way transaction? Well, we're continuing to have conversations uh, with lifespan. We, we share the same commitment to outstanding patient care, and we share the same commitment to academic medicine in collaboration uh, with, with Brown. 
Um, so those conversations are continuing. I want to ask about partners. Uh, partners is known, I just read in the Globe the other day, high quality and high cost. I know partners leaders have said for years you've been working on that, but uh, a concern you do here in Rhode Island is they associate Mass General Brigham with great care that does cost quite a bit. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think if uh, when you get to Rhode Island, will you have more leverage to push, maybe to push OHIC to raise the reimbursement rate cap, mm -hmm. as you mentioned earlier? Mm -hmm. um, do you, Or do you think what is being allowed now to the hospitals in Rhode Island will be sustainable mm -hmm. if you're running those hospitals? Yeah. So uh, Ted, I, I'd like to answer that question in, in two ways. Um, first, we want to keep care affordable. A great way to do that is keep care local in the community. So for example, um, community-based care doesn't need to come to Boston and be treated at Brigham Women's Hospital. The best care at Brigham Women's Hospital is the very, very sickest patient, heart transplant, bone marrow transplant, um, um, you know, very complicated cancer care. But for care like a pneumonia or heart failure or a knee replacement, that care can easily be given in the community at a community-based hospital. So that's one way that we keep care affordable. And we, we tend to call this population health management. That's kind of the health policy term, but it's really the term that we used to think about. Where's the right place to deliver care for what a patient and family needs at that point in time? So that's, that's the first approach. The second approach is that in Massachusetts, we have been living uh, with a, a, a growth benchmark here in Massachusetts for a number of years. So in other words, healthcare costs across the partner system can't grow more than around 3.6% a year. And in fact, we were looking at data earlier today where over the past two years, our growth has been well below that. Last year in the 2.5% range or so, and actually the previous year at around 2.5% and last year I think even like 1.6, 1.8%. So we are used to living with growth restraints here, here in Massachusetts. Furthermore, that's what we plan to do in Rhode Island. We, we are very respectful of the uh, rate caps that currently exist uh, in, in Rhode Island. Um, Partners has been a bit in the news lately <laughs> with the departure of your CEO, David Torchiana. Uh, could that change of leadership at the top of the system have any impact on uh, partners' commitment to the yeah, Care New England yeah. deal? Could a new CEO come in and say, I don't know if we want to do this after all? Yeah, yeah. So with, with all due respect, you can't always believe what you read in the newspaper or hear on the news. Uh, and, and I can tell you uh, as an insider that partners is very sound and very stable. Uh, Dr. Torciana had been planning a retirement. Dr. Glebatsky is an outstanding physician scientist, will do a terrific job as our interim CEO, and this doesn't alter the commitment of the Brigham or partners to Care New England uh, one, one iota. We're continuing to focus on our work ahead of us and uh, continue our integration planning with Care New England. So the board's fully behind it. Absolutely. Uh, and new CEO you expect to feel Absolutely, the same way. absolutely. You touched on it right there. Um, you know, I read the Boston coverage of Dr. Torciano's departure, um, and it always raised the question how happy the marriage is <laughs> between Brigham and uh, Mass General. The BBJ went so far as to ask if partners was, quote, at risk of collapse. Are the tensions between Brigham and Mass General that serious, or do you think that's overblown? Completely overblown. And that's why I say you can't believe 
everything that you read, with all due respect uh, to your profession. Um, the relationship between the Brigham and the Mass General has never been stronger. Uh, really, never been stronger? Never been stronger, way? absolutely. Why? Uh, well, I've been in my role uh, for, for nine years. Uh, Dr. Peter Slavin is a very close colleague of mine. Um, we actively look for ways in which we could collaborate uh, together. So it still makes sense to you for these two individually very powerful institutions to be together? A absolutely, absolutely. And we're continuously looking for ways in which the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. So as we talk about partners overall, I read an article a couple months ago suggesting that the way as we see more hospital consolidations, as we see more hospitals coming under the same banner, over time it might be that we're going to have nationwide a relatively small number of large hospital groups. And I believe that article suggests partners could be one of the ones that remain standing. Is that the way you see this going? That you know, it, we're going to end up with some large organizations of that yeah. bunch, and this is yeah. kind of Care New England is a step in yeah. that path yeah. for you folks? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I can say as a physician scientist, one who has invested in academic medicine for my, for my professional career, that at Partners we are very committed to the mission of academic medicine. That's exceptional patient care, but it's also research, making basic discoveries and translating those discoveries into new therapies for patients. Um, we're very committed to training the next generation of physicians and scientists and medical leaders in this country, and we're also very committed to serving our, our communities. So I, I feel very strongly that the passion, the commitment to those missions will endure, certainly for the Brigham and the MGH, um, regardless of how big or how small we are. Um, we don't need to grow to infinity in order to, to, to really share that commitment around academic medicine. And, you know, in terms of, of working with Care New England in Rhode Island, it's that same passion. It's the same commitment to academic medicine that's really aligned us so closely with Brown uh, in that really we, we feel between Care New England, the Brigham, and Brown, we can really build strong academic medicine uh, in, in Rhode Island. So I would say first and foremost, that, that's where our strategy is, that's where our, our, our thinking is. That's all the time we have on this week's Executive Suite. I want to thank Dr. Nabel for taking the time to join us for this edition. Remember, if you missed any of this episode or any other episode of Executive Suite, you can catch them all on WPRI.com. You can also subscribe to the show as a podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Ted Nisi. We'll see you back here next week on Executive Suite.